I recently had an experience at the store where I was looking for something that I normally don't shop for. And so, of course, I did the smart thing. I stopped and asked someone where I could find it. And I had one person that was like, oh, I think it's over there. It's either on aisle five or six. Um, I'm not sure if it's at the top or if it's in the middle. They couldn't give me exact directions to where I could find what I was looking for. So I stopped someone else that worked at the store and asked, could they show me where I could find my item? And my second experience far exceeded the first because that person walked me where I needed to go and pointed out to me what it was I was looking for. And that experience reminded me of the value of relationship. You see, when someone takes the time to show you the way, you get there faster and you have more certainty on exactly what your experience is going to be. Now, today I am going to be talking about what it takes to get promoted. Imagine me taking you by the hand and taking you to the aisle and pointing out exactly what it is that you need to know, because that's going to happen for you today. Now, let's get into it. For the longest time, I secretly wanted more. I often found myself shrinking to fit in, settling for what was comfortable, and even selling myself short. Once I finally accepted that we deserve success and we are blessed with the power to achieve it, I stopped playing small. I'm serious about building a life I love, and you should be too. I'm Denise Taylor of DeniseTaylor.live, and welcome to Embrace Your Power. I help women prioritize themselves, their success, and their happiness. Now let's meet this week's achiever whose story will inspire you to embrace your power and go. Well, hello there. It's Denise Taylor here. You know, I'm always excited to have you join me each and every week right here on Embrace Your Power. Now, this is the place where you can count on me to always encourage you to build a life that you love. You see, around these parts, we believe that God has given us power. And when we embrace it, we can be, do, have, and achieve anything that we want. Now, having said that, I will tell you, I think you're going to be divinely inspired to go after the things that God wants to do in your life. And when you do that, you're going to experience satisfaction and fulfillment that is going to feel absolutely amazing to you. And that is what I want for you. I want you to feel amazing. Now, in this season, we have doubled down on your career success. And in fact, we are in the midst of a very special opportunity that I am making available for my podcast community. Now, last week, I shared with you day one of the Get Promoted Challenge. I recently hosted the Get Promoted Challenge in my Girl, It's Time for Your Promotion uh, Facebook group. If you're not a part of that Facebook group, I want to encourage you to connect with us there. That is the place where I am energizing you with things that are going to make a difference for you in the workplace. Now, I hosted this three-day event and I am telling you, I shared so many nuggets. Last week, I released here on the podcast day one and today is day two. Now, when we talk about your career success, 
It is so advantageous for you to get connected with people who can accelerate your success. Now, at the opening, I talked about how easy it got for me looking for something in the store when someone took the time to show me where it was. And the reason why I brought that up is because the same is true when it comes to your career. Understanding what it really takes to get promoted in corporate America will help accelerate your success. And so people who have been there and done that are so valuable to helping you do the same. And what I shared on day two is what leaders are really looking for when it comes to promotion decisions. Oftentimes we mistakenly believe that good work will get us promoted. But I want you to know the truth. Good work will not get you promoted. And I think you'll understand more as I unpack day two, that there is a clear difference between being a high performer versus being high potential. And so as you dig into this, you're gonna discover that there are nuances that we have been conditioned to understand that if we disrupt that cycle, we can change the game in our career. Now, as a part of this experience, I have been sharing the Power Impact Program. It's a new program for me that I have rolled out to jumpstart the success of women who are ready to go for their career goals. And so as you're continuing to listen, I want to continue to remind you that resistance to change is self-sabotage. And taking advantage of opportunities where someone can come along and show you the way will make a ton of difference. Now, working with me begins with a discovery call, and this is an opportunity for you to take advantage of that opportunity to connect with me on a call. Connecting with me is so easy to do. If you visit my website, www.callwithdenise.live, you'll access my calendar directly. And once my calendar comes up, you can pick a date and time that works best for you. And I'll give you a call and we'll talk about what it is that you want to achieve and how I might be able to help you. Now, as you're listening to this, I think you're going to discover there's way more to the promotion process. And when you know what's going on, you can make better moves. I hope you've been enjoying this. Now let's get into it. Well, all right. All right. I am so excited. So very excited. I got all of my technology on and popping tonight and everything is coming up and looking good. So I want to welcome you tonight, number two of the challenge of the get promoted challenge. Now, now last night we kicked off and I shared a number of things. And if you're registered for this challenge, then you got an email from me that included the journal prompts that I went through as a part of last night's teaching. And so I hope that you took time to spend a few moments reflecting on those journal prompts and allowing yourself 
to take the journey of becoming and understanding what it is going to take for you to get promoted. What kind of shifts do you need to make in your own mindset, your own perspective to get promoted? Now, if you haven't registered officially for the challenge, it's not too late. I want to encourage you to register. If you go to www.challengewithdenise.live, you can register and then you too will also receive the follow-up email from tonight and tomorrow night that will include the prompts of um, what I'm going to cover on tonight. And so I am excited to be back here once again. We are going to build on the foundation that we started with night number one on uh, tonight with night number two. And so I want to jump right into it because I've got a lot of goodies in store for you guys um, in terms of the information that I think is going to be really relevant to your aspirations to get promoted. So I want to welcome you here for night number two. Now, I am not going to go into as much detail with some of the upfront slides, but I do want to just spend a couple minutes introducing myself again, introducing why we are here. Um, but I also at the same time want to invite anyone who might not have missed, who might have missed last night to go back and watch it um, because I'm not going to reteach all of the stuff that I covered. Um, but I do think it is worth me just doing a gloss over of those uh, early slides so that we can get reacclimated and on the same page together. Now, before we jump in, I do just want to say this. I want to admonish you to be committed to this process. I want to admonish you to give this your undivided attention. There's something good here that's going to be shared to help you in your journey. And so it is worth you anchoring into this experience so that you can get out of this time what you signed up to get what you came here for. And so I'm going to invite you to zone in, to focus in and allow yourself to really get the benefit out of this experience by giving this your undivided attention. Now, I am fully aware that we all have multiple devices. You're probably watching on a device that will give you notification, but I want to challenge you to prioritize yourself in this instance and turn off your devices so that you can get locked in. So turn off your notifications. It won't be for all night. It'll just be for a little while as we spend time together. Again, that's with the intention of you getting everything out of this experience that you came here to get. And lastly, I want to encourage you, if you haven't already, to get paper and pen. I think there's going to be some incredible nuggets shared that's going to help you in your journey and uh, be a great support for you. So let me take a quick sip of water. <coughs> Excuse me. I got a little tickle in my throat. Um, and then we'll jump into who this challenge is for. One second. I'm glad I had that over here. All right. So 
Last night, I talked a lot about who this challenge is for. This challenge is for an individual contributor who is seeking advancement into leadership roles. In addition, this challenge is for a leader looking to prepare for a broader scope of responsibility and to sharpen their skills. And then finally, this challenge is for a woman who is on a growth trajectory who wants to accelerate her momentum to advance to get paid and get promoted. And so if you fall into any of those buckets, you are in the right place. There's something great that's going to be shared here that is going to help you. You're in the right place. If you have a desire to get promoted and you want to understand what it takes to make that happen in the workplace, then you are in the right place to get some support and some help. The next thing I just want to cover really quickly is um, to officially welcome you. My name is Denise Taylor. And as a mission, I help women leaders develop the skill, savvy, and momentum to achieve the career success they want and deserve. And I believe that we are all leaders. I taught on this a little bit last night. We are all leaders. We're either leaders of inspiration, leaders of influence, or leader, leaders of innovation. And in some cases, we may be more than one of these. But I want to dispel this perspective that leadership is associated with those who only have rank and title. I want you to know that whatever seat you sit in, you are a leader and you are who I am helping, who I am showing up to help so that we can indeed accelerate your success and get the momentum happening for you in your career. The next thing you should know about me is I am a success girl. And essentially what that means is I love driving for results. I, I have a lot of corporate America experience. I was able to persevere to some really great levels within the organizations that I worked for. Um, I love developing leaders and developing your leadership skills and acumen. And I also know what it, it, it means to be successful on the inside too. Taking that personal journey so that you can really embody the success that you want to experience so that it feels uh, like fulfillment and satisfaction within. And so because of that, because of my commitment, my commitment to the companies, the positions, the responsibilities, the projects, the innovations, the teams, all of those things that I've had a hand in leading, when I reached out to ask for three words that describe me, what came up most often was confident, credible, and mentor. And I could not agree with them anymore. When those came up, it resonated with me because that is who I decided I wanted to show up and be, and I became her. And now I'm on a mission to help women achieve the success that they want in their career as well. And so that's a little bit of a highlight about me. I don't want to spend a tremendous amount of time. Again, I spent more time on that last night. So I invite you to go and check out that um, replay in uh get yourself up to speed that way. But as I was really thinking about where I wanted to start tonight, I thought about just reconnecting with where we left off. I'm going to build on it. So I'm not reteaching what I taught. 
Um, but I do think the point where I ended is where I want to begin. And where I ended last night was really challenging you that if you get indication that you need to make some changes, that there's some adjustments, some pivots, some shifts that you need to make so that you can get the success that you want and deserve and you refuse, you resist, you buck against it. When you refuse to make the pivots, shifts and changes that are necessary for your success, you are ultimately self-sabotaging. It is so important for us to really open ourselves up for relationships and partnership. And what's even more important is that we prioritize it. We have a tendency to prioritize so many things in our life, but when it comes to supporting ourselves on our journey, helping us navigate the change that's going to make a difference, we somehow devalue that and don't put as much importance or value on it. And what I want to really press you to do is lean into prioritizing your needs. There is no future for you if you don't make it to that future. Your future version of you is counting on you to make some very intentional decisions today so that you can make the changes and shifts that are going to make a difference in your life. And when you resist doing that, you are essentially self-sabotaging. And I want to make that known because I don't think you're here by accident. I think you are hanging around the fire because you recognize that there is something here for you that is going to help you and make a difference either in your life or your career. And I want to encourage you to lean into that because when you resist it, you essentially are self-sabotaging. So I, I ended with that on yesterday. That is something I say in every presentation because in every presentation, I really am looking to encourage you to build a life that you love. And when you work against yourself, you essentially are self-sabotaging. The other place where I left last night was talking about how to establish a working relationship with me. I do not send people to pages, to web pages, where you self-elect to figure out what you feel like your next best step is. The reason why I don't do that is because I know what's embodied in the programs. I know what's embodied to help you get to your end result in each of the programs that I offer. And so if you go self-select and self-choose, you may not choose the thing that's going to get at the heart of helping you in the ways that you desire to get the success that you want. And so this is the reason why I am very intentional about saying that working with me begins with a discovery call. I want to be very clear that we can get the results because resources are precious. When you choose to make an investment in yourself, you don't want it to fail. And so I want to make sure that I am showing up and giving the oversight 
the recommendation that is going to say this will work for you. And so when we have a discovery call, it gives me a chance to get to know you. It gives me a chance to ask a series of questions to help assess where you are versus where you want to be and how I might be able to help you navigate that course. And so after asking a series of questions, I will make a professional recommendation on what I think the best next steps to take. At that point in time, I have done my due diligence to help you. I want to help you get clarity. I want to help you understand the moves to make to achieve what it is that you want to do. And if it makes sense, I will recommend my services. And I will tell you, I've had a number of discovery calls where I don't recommend my services at all because after listening to them and hearing what they wanted to address and achieve, I knew that I could not help them get there. And I am not after your money. I am after your results because again, I'm a success girl. And so working with me begins with the discovery call. I'm going to tell you about some programs that I believe are going to be instrumental when it comes to helping to get you promoted. But I am never going to send you to a website page and say, have at it, pick it and pay for it without us having a chance to talk first and me be assured that I can help you get the success that you want. And so that is really key. It starts with a discovery call. I invite you to take advantage of it. I don't make it a high pressured experience because if you're not ready to do the work, then we're not going to get the results. And so I want to make sure that you're going to show up and that I'm going to show up and that we're going to get you to the success that you want and deserve. And so I invite you to take advantage of this opportunity. I know not all coaches and mentors show up with this type of perspective, but again, I am driven by something greater than just money. All right. So night number two, we are on night number two. The goal of this challenge is to help you understand how you can begin to make an impact and get promoted in your workplace. Make an impact and get promoted at work. And today we are going to talk about what it takes to get promoted in corporate America. We're going to talk about what leaders are really looking for when they make promotion decisions. And we're going to talk about the difference between high performers and high potential. And this is really going to be where you're going to get a better perspective of what it takes to have success in these workplace environments. Tonight is going to be really good. This is the one that's going to make you call your friend and say, you got to check this replay because she dropped some gems. All right. So before we get into that, I'm not going to unpack this slide. I taught it last night, but I do want to reorient us to what the definition of a promotion is and what's involved with it. A promotion is about advancement. It's about a change in title, rank, or responsibility. And it often comes with additional benefits and compensation. You can have promotion in the form of a vertical promotion, which means there's a reporting structure 
structure and rank to it. You can have promotion in the form of a lateral move. And those are often good moves to make, especially if they're going to get you into a seat with leadership that's going to buy in, support you and get you moving in other ways in your career. And then finally, the last promotion type that I'll highlight is increased responsibility. The best example I can have for that is when I went from managing projects for a business area to managing projects for the entire enterprise. The scope of that broadened out and it gave me the opportunity to get promoted in that way when I became a solutionist around enterprise solutions. Now, the other thing that's important about a promotion is it often comes with benefits and perks. And this is where the show me the money context comes in. Now, last night I did some teaching around money. We know that promotion is lucrative. On average, most people are getting 20% increases on their base salary. So that doesn't even take into consideration bonuses and incentives that may show up in other ways. Um, some people are reporting greater than 30%. Most people report at least 10%. The average manager salary is 62,000. And so when you start talking about a 20% increase on 62,000, you're talking about $1,000 a month. And I will tell you that will feel good to any household to get an extra $1,000 a month. So we know compensation is a big part of promotion. But in addition to some of the compensation structures, there's a career advancement that comes along with it. There's other perks like access to greater business benefits and other options in terms of compensation performance, whether it's related to stock options, uh, there could be some company provided resources, greater work uh, arrangement, flexibility, um, and certainly the recognition and validation that comes along with promotion is valuable as well. And so when I'm talking about get promoted, I am talking about all of this. I'm not just talking about you just getting a title change. I am talking about tapping into getting the advantage of all of these things and how you can make it work for you. So that's all of the... Um, recap I have from our prior night. And so I'm going to jump into some new material um, because I think it's really important for us to accelerate so that we can continue to build upon what we've started before. Now, one of the things I always love to say is that there's a power dance in corporate America. And one of the things about a power dance is it takes more than good, just good work to be impressive. You got to make sure you know the moves. And the best example I can talk about when it comes to a power dance is the fact that we love a good line dance. We love a good line dance. We love the new line dances. You don't spend time on TikTok trying to figure out how to do the TikTok dances that they're doing. We love a good line dance. You go to a family reunion, you go to a wedding, you go to a picnic, there is going to be a line dance. Now, many of the people who are learning line dances, when they first learn them, they get a little stuck. And the reason why they get stuck is because it's new. It's a new dance. And so you can stand on the sidelines and you can try to study and figure out the dance on your own, or you can jump out there and try to move. And so we've all been at a party where somebody jumped out there and they just tried to catch on. But what generally happens when you jump out there and just try to catch on is you start bumping into people. 
you start bumping you don't know if you're going left right if you're supposed to go front back you don't know what's going on and you start bumping into people the best way to learn a line dance is to get next to somebody who knows the moves the best way to learn a line dance is to get next to somebody who is willing to shout the moves out to tell you to go to the right or tell you to go to the left or left or tell you to go forward or tell you to go backwards that is how you learn and that is why coaching and mentoring and sponsoring and working with leaders who will invest in you is so critically important because it is it it is as if they jumped out on that dance floor with you and they are showing you the moves now as i said in corporate america there is a power dance going on all of the time there's so much intel happening all around you and so you have to learn how to dance you've got to learn how to make the moves and the best way to learn is to have somebody teach you the dance just like you learn how to do the line dances at these different events and so i want to show up as someone who is going to help you learn the moves i want to show up as someone who is going to to support you in this process and help you learn the moves. Now, I want to check real quick and see if you guys are with me. If everybody is with me, if you could do me a favor and just drop a one in the chat and that will let me know that I am coming through loud and clear before I go any further, because I just want to make sure we're on the same page and everyone who is tuning in live is with me. Now, I know there's a little bit of a delay, but okay, I, I see things coming through and that's letting me know that you guys are with me. I'm excited about that. I'm excited that you're here. I'm excited that you're plugged in. I am excited that you're eager to learn. Let's keep going. Now, last night, Tracy asked a really good, good question. Uh, excellent question. In fact, she asked a really good question. It's as if she teed me up for tonight. It's as if she said, Denise, I want to help you get ready with uh, your presentation that you have planned for tonight. And so I'm going to play back. I did respond in the Facebook group to this question, but I'm going to play back because as I teach tonight, you're going to see that she set me up for success. So her question was, what do you do when you've asked your manager for feedback and all they say is you're doing a great job, but a promotion does not come from that? And that's an excellent question. It's excellent because there are a lot of managers who unfortunately do not know how to give actionable feedback. They do not know how to give insightful feedback. And so last night when Tracy asked the question, I told her that you have to gear yourself up to ask clarifying questions so you can pull more intel out of them. And that's really what this whole power impact program is designed to help you do. It's designed to help you know how to pull in the data that you need to know so that you can begin to leverage it to your advantage. Now, receiving general feedback like this happens all the time and you know the unfortunate thing is this does not help you much when you're trying to understand what it is that you need to do to get promoted and so one of the things that i shared 
One of the things that I shared when I responded in the Facebook group is that the unfortunate thing is when we hear feedback like this, you're doing a great job. The way we interpret that is that great means that you're doing better than just meeting expectations, right? When someone says you're doing a great job, you take that as I must be killing it, right? Like I must be bringing the heat. I must be doing my thing. When in reality, it is very likely that they are telling you, you are meeting expectations. And let me just frame it up this way. When they hired you, they hired you because you were a great candidate. They did not settle in hiring you. And so their expectations is that you were going to come in and do a good job. That was their expectations. In fact, in fact, one of the things that is a disconnect is that we believe doing a good job is going to get us promoted. And that is one of the myths that I want to debunk. I want to demystify that because doing a good job is not going to get you promoted because they are expecting you to do a good job. Anyone who gets hired, anyone that's placed in a role, the expectation is you're going to kill it. They're expecting you to do that. In fact, they monitor how well you do it in the context of performance reviews. They come in and they make sure that you're checking the box and you're checking the box as well. And I often say that that is the very thing that keeps you in your seat. You maintain your seat by doing a good job. And so I want to just get you to accept that you are expected to do a great job. Now, when we hear that word great, that's the word that's throwing us off. And so what I offered in my response back to Tracy was you say to your kid, you did a great job making the bed, right? And so when this example comes up, your kid makes the bed, you're like, you did a great job making the bed. But in reality, they made the bed as you were expecting right? You expected them to pull the covers up. You expected them to tuck in the sides. You expected them to put the, the decorative pillows on top. That's what you expected. But you said to them, you did a great job. That just means that you're pleased, right? You're pleased that they met your expectation, even though you said great. And so, as a part of this program that I'm offering, I help you to begin to understand how to tease out what's important. But I'm going to reveal a little bit of how you can start that on your own today. What I want you to know is doing good work will not get you promoted. And I know, I know, I know that that's a hard pill to swallow because we've been conditioned. We have been conditioned ever since we hit the grade school that if I do what they expect, they're going to move me to the next level. You went from kindergarten because you did what the kindergarten teacher said. So you got promoted to the first grade. You went to first grade and you did what the first grade teacher said. So you got promoted to the second grade. And so all the way through college, as long as you did what was expected, you got promoted. And here's the reality. There are people who got D's who got promoted like the people who got A's. 
And so when someone says you're doing a good job or you're doing a great job, you're meeting the expectations, but you don't necessarily shine a light on what makes a difference to them. Because the truth is the person who got the D got promoted to the next grade too. So meeting expectations or doing good work is not the thing that's going to make a difference when it comes to your promotion. And I know that's hard to accept because like I said, we've been conditioned for a whole lot of years. It's if I do what they say, I'm going to get the reward of going to the next level. But as promotions start to be done selectively, that's not good enough anymore. And so hopefully that was insightful to you. Hopefully that perspective rings true because you got to figure out what it really takes to get promoted. And I'm going to share a little bit of that today. Now, what I want you to know is that when it comes to doing your job, the job that you were hired to do. Some of you may be skilled in the technology space. Some of you may be skilled in the marketing space. Some of you may be skilled in the HR space. Your skills could span so many different contexts. I'm not talking contextually the work that you're doing. I am talking about how you do the work and what skills they see when you do what you do, right? And so I don't want to parse hairs and hear from you saying, well, I wrote the best program or I wrote the best message or my marketing campaign did X, Y, Z. That's what you're expected to do. That's what they hired you to do. When you go back to expectations of what you're expected to perform in the role and do, that's what they hired you to do. And so when we start talking about what it takes to get promoted, it isn't the work you were expected to do the work. So what else measures into you shining a light on your promotable skills? So here's the key thing that you need to know is how you're evaluated through a corporate lens, how you are evaluated. So. What typically happens in our role when we start doing what we do is we lean into skill sets, right? We lean into these skill sets that really shine a light on us being a high performer where we are performing well, we're knocking it out of the park well, we are a high performer. It is evident you're goal-oriented. You set clear goals, you're results driven, you take a proactive approach to planning, you're showing your ability to problem solve, you're self-motivated in many ways so they can see that shine through in your work. Your work is done on time. Heck, sometimes your work is done early. You are goal-oriented and you drive yourself that way. That is an excellent characteristic of a high performer. Another great characteristic of a high performer is that you are a consistent contributor. When it comes up to being dependable, you are dependable. You're reliable. You're regularly there. You're engaging. You are sustaining your effort. It doesn't weaken. You show up. You're consistent. You are indeed a high performer. 
and they love it. I love it. In fact, I will tell you that even though good work won't get you promoted, it is table stakes, right? And so if you're calling me and you're telling me that there are performance problems, then we don't have right expectation for a promotion until we deal with the performance. And so if you have these characteristics of being a high performer, this is powerful even though it may not lead to your promotion. As a high performer, you take you are so great at taking initiative. You are so consistently skilled at taking initiative. You're proactive, you're motivated, you're independent in action. Everybody can assume that it's going to get done when it comes to you. You are great at initiative. In fact, you're even great at collaborating with others. You're willing to bring people in. You're willing to listen. These are the marks of a higher performer. You are driven and they can see it and they love it because who doesn't love somebody who is going to give them an A when there could be a chance that they had people who was going to give them a D. So they want a high performer. But the reality is this. The reality is this. That all of these attributes, though they are great to make known. Now hear me loud and clear. I don't want you to go to work tomorrow and be like, I ain't go oriented anymore. Or I'm not a consistent contributor anymore. You want to show up with these skills. You want to show up and perform in this way. But the reality is that simply means you are a great individual contributor. The bottom line is you are killing it. You are knocking it out of the park. You are in some cases exceeding expectations, but yet and still as a high performer, you are a great individual contributor. You do your job well. You have skills that make you perform well, but you are still showing individual contributor traits. Now let that sink in for a second, because I know nobody at work has told you this before. I know that understanding it from this lens is a bit of revelatory for you. I know that your eyes are starting to be open. And now as you ponder your boss saying, you're doing a great job, right? He is essentially saying to you, he or she is essentially saying to you, you are killing it as an individual contributor. Your performance is great. We love it. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep that seat warm because I need good people. And I'll tell you when I led teams, when I led big teams, I love high performers. I love people I could depend on. I love people who were dependable for coming in and doing their job and doing it well. But just because you're a high performer does not mean you have yet shined a light on your promotable skills. So let me check back. I want to make sure y'all are okay. I want to make sure I want to hear from you how this is resonating. 
So somebody tell me in the chat how this is resonating. Are you having an aha moment about anything related to what you have experienced so far when it comes to feedback, when it comes to anything? Somebody give me something in the chat because I know this had to be a little bit eye-opening for you. So somebody tell me a little something in the chat about what this kind of has indicated to you. I'll hang out here for a second. If you just say I'm digesting it, I'm just trying to follow along. I'm good with that too, because I know this is some new information if no one has shown or said this to you before. Awesome. 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 Now I'm going to keep trucking and I'm going to assume y'all with me, but I believe this may be opening up some eyes for you. This may be opening up some perspective. Okay. I hear, I see digesting. That's what I wanted to see. That's what I wanted to see. I want to make sure you pat you, you coming along with me that you're digesting. Now, the good thing is I'm not going to leave you there, right? I'm not going to leave you at just being a high performer because my ultimate goal is I want to help you get promoted. I want to help you understand what it really takes to get promoted when it comes to being in corporate America. And I say it all the time that you've got to learn how to shine a light on your promotable skills. Now, the information that I'm going to give to you next is a little generalized because unless I am working with you and I am able to help you digest the things that we learn from reading what's happening in the workplace and um, understanding more about the management and leadership, it's hard for me to be very specific about what it will take where you're at. But I do know some things, right? I, I, I've been in leadership roles, I've held leadership positions, and I know the things that I look for, and they're pretty common across most organizations of what they really want to see. And the biggest shift that you have to make, whether or not you want to agree with it, I can tell you there's a lot of rooms where these type of discussions are taking place, is understanding how you need to change how you're viewed from being a high performer to high potential, right? Because when you're promoting someone, you're promoting them because of what you perceive they will be what you perceive they will become. And oftentimes in our roles, we don't necessarily have the opportunity to show these characteristics without being intentional about doing so and without being intentional to draw attention and have conversations that nestle around these concepts. But I will tell you that people who are high performers, they generally have these, I mean, high potentials, they generally have these perspectives that are similar regardless of what environment they are in. So again, my disclaimer is I cannot tell you that this is what's going to work for you where you are. But what I am trying to wake up for you is that there is a difference between being a high performer and being high potential. Okay. 
A high potential person is someone that your leadership begins to see that they can learn and adapt quickly. They are quick learners. They exhibit rapid grasp of new information. They are able to adapt their problem solving skills. They are flexible in changing situations. They seamlessly are integrating uh, new knowledge and information, and they contribute to growing with innovation and efficiency. Okay, now you can see a performer is just trying to do the job and do the job well. But a high potential person is taking this new information and saying, how do I infuse it in what we're doing and being open and flexible to the changes that are necessary? And so that person who refuses to change, who complains about the new system, who doesn't want to adapt to the new processes, they are not high potential, even though they may be high performers because they are not exhibiting their ability to adapt quickly, to look for innovation, to understand how they can become more efficient at what they're doing. How can we problem solve? How can we grow and develop? That's a different perspective. And why do leaders love that? Because leaders are always looking for improvement how we can do it faster, smarter, less cost. They're always looking for that. They're always looking for opportunities to have a win that matters to the bottom line, even if it means changing the way that we do things. They're always looking for those type of opportunities. And so when we start talking about doing your job well versus transforming the way things are done, there is a very different perspective that comes along with you being high potential. The other thing that becomes really noticeable in a high potential person is they have strong leadership skills, very strong leadership skills. And they are not, um, I don't want to use the word shy, but they're, they're not reserved in wanting to take that leadership stance to exert influence or exert or lead decision-making or have a strategic mindset or perspective that jumps to the front of the bus, if not in the driver's seat, to drive out how things will be done. Leadership skills rise. That's like the cream that comes to the top. And so if dis discussions and decisions are happening around you and they can't get a, a sense of how you're influencing them or infusing into them, it is hard for them to see you exhibit leadership skills, though you may have them. You may be sitting on a ton of leadership skills that they don't know nothing about. You're the best kept secret. Strong leadership skills include effective communication, strategic decision making. It includes the ability to negotiate and delegate as it relates to things and getting things done, how we're navigating conversations with our leaders, with our customers internally and externally. It also means how can you rally the team? How are you motivating the team as an ad versus someone 
someone who is taking away or even worse, who has no influencing factor on the team at all. If it's a difference, if you add one nugget to the team, it certainly is a difference if you add two nuggets and even better if you add five nuggets to the team. But when you flat out are zero because you're not helping to make a difference in what's happening, then you are easy to disregard. You're easy to look past. The other thing that's key about leadership skills is your ability to have conflict resolution, lead by example, foster the team growth, uh, encourage the productivity, encourage the success. Now, I'm saying a lot of things, but you got to figure out how do you show up? Because these things are sign of your potential not your performance. And so if you want to shine a light on your promotable skills and you're asking to be put in the lead, uh, the seat to lead the team and they haven't seen that you have the ability to gain influence with the team, they're taking a gamble on you. How are you showing up and what do they see? The other thing that a high potential person has is drive and ambition. It's evident because they're self-motivated. If they're having to check up with you on your deadlines, you're not on top of things. They can't get a sense of your initiative and how you're taking it. And you're not showing your ability to persevere through challenges. They don't have recognition of your drive and ambition. The key to that is if they got to follow up with you often, you may be performing well, but you're not showing potential. You're not consistently looking to excel and advance. The next thing is emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence is evident through empathetic understanding, self-awareness, effective communication, conflict resolution. I certainly know anybody on here is not keeping up any stir or buzz, right? You don't want any of that connected to you. You want them to be talking about how you're dependable and how you get things done and how you're able to rally the team and how you can go secure buy-in and how the customers love you, right? That's the, that's the message you want. You want them to make sure that your empathy is felt, that your relationships are positive, that your teamwork is good. And if you're talking about how you don't like somebody, that's already off on the wrong foot right? And so you have to manage that perception of you. And I understand that there are, are aspects that can erode or work against these perspectives, but you got to exhibit your promotable skills and shine a light on them. And then finally, it's innovation and creativity. Is you got to be able to manifest that, some great ideas. You got to be able to have some thinking outside of the box. You got to be able to come up with ways that you can solve the problems that you're facing. You've got to be able to contribute some original perspectives to what's going on. And so now, as we talk about performance over potential, you can see that what they're looking for is that edge. They're looking for you to be able to exhibit how you stand out from the pack of just being able to do the job well. And so when they're saying to you, you're doing a great job, that's not what you want to hear. 
You want to hear them say, I see a lot of potential in you, right? You want that message because that means that you have illuminated your promotable skills and they are taking notice. Now, these qualities show your leadership potential and your readiness for promotion. And so when I'm talking about you can't get promoted just because you do good work, now you got some background. You have some context on what it really takes. Now, I threw a lot at the wall here. And I will tell you, some of this is relevant for your environment and some is not, right? I don't know the details of where you work. That's where working with me helps to put together a more specific plan for you and, and what's happening in the workplace for you. But what I do know is that you have to develop and show the high potential qualities. You have to develop and show these. If they're not seeing the high potential qualities in you, they are going to love you in the seat where you're at. You should be making such great impact where you are that the, it gets the attention of not just your boss, but your boss's boss. They should be understanding how you are impacting and influencing that organization by what you do. And the best way, the absolute best way is to develop qualities that show your readiness for promotion. The best way to do that is to make an impact. And that will require you to get a better sense of what is valued in the organization that you work in and shine a light on your ability to deliver that valued characteristic. Okay. That's what it's going to take. And the Power Impact Program, it sets you up for success because it sets you up to understand how to gather that intelligence and put it to work for you. Now, as I said last night, a challenge is impactful because you have to take time and go digest what I'm sharing. You've got to take time to go back and allow it to permeate and resonate. and You can ruminate a little bit with it, too. And so I have a few journal prompts that I offer to you. And again, if you register for the um, for the challenge, you'll get an email shortly with this information. But here's the journal prompts that I really want you to consider based on what I've shared today. The first one is, are there skills, talents, or accomplishments that I believe are not getting the recognition they deserve within my current role? Are you sitting on something that they need to know about? And if you are, list them out. Understand what they are and, and start to determine how you can shine a light on them. The second is, have I actively sought feedback to better understand how my contributions are perceived? This is clarifying questions, going deeper than just the high level, but asking clarifying questions. I think it's great that you think it's great, but let's go deeper than that. Ask some clarifying questions, especially as it relates to what they view you doing well and what the expectation is because they may give you so so many superlatives 
But then when they tell you what the expectations are, you'll find that they match up and you're not really exceeding them in ways that show your potential. And then the next one is, are there areas where I feel my potential is not being fully utilized? And how might seeking guidance or mentorship help me showcase my abilities more effectively? Those are the three questions you should ask yourself especially if you want to take action now and start to see some things change for you in the coming months. So the Power Impact Program is a program specifically designed to go after this perspective, right? It really involves harnessing the skills, not your job skills, but harnessing the skills so that you can get some intel and then use that to your advantage. So it's really your ability to exert influence, to really create change, right? It's your ability to achieve the career advancement in a way that aligns with the value, strength, and goals that you know you bring to the table. When you make an impact, that's what happens, is you start to influence that environment in ways that it is just undeniable, the impression that you're making in the environment that you work. And so there's four skills that I feel are really key to you being able to gather intelligence and then put it to work. And those four skills is understanding what it takes to get promoted. How do you begin to tease that out within your organization? Understanding how to read the room. Reading the room is being able to understand the nonverbals that are being uh, said all around you, the relationships that are forged and how to interpret them and then how to leverage them as an advantage for you. Learning to advocate for yourself. That's critically important. And then learning how to make allies in high places, especially once you understand what's valued in your organization. Those are the things that I go after with the Power Impact Program. And I'll have to tell you, this is probably one of the favorite programs that I've curated because I know it will be impactful in helping to jumpstart someone to get the momentum behind getting promoted especially if all things indicate that they are doing a really good job in their role and they do just need to understand how to shine a light on their promotable skills and start to make an impact in the organization. But I won't know that unless we have a discovery call. I can't tell you if this program will help you without having that call. And so the signs that a discovery call might help are these. If you have questions you can't seem to find answers to, a discovery call may help you, right? Because on the call, I'm going to ask questions and help do an interpretation of what I believe is the issue and how you can begin to prepare yourself to accelerate around that. And then a sign a discovery call might help is if you're interested, but you need more information. So you're hearing the things that I'm saying, but you have more questions or you need more information, then that may be a sign that a discovery call might help. 
Another sign that a discovery con might help is that you're looking for a solution to a specific problem. And, and let me just say this. Um, I don't say it often enough. If your organization has training dollars set aside for you to get support, there is the opportunity for you to potentially go to your management and ask if they will help you get training for a specific area they've identified, an area that might be on your development plan. Uh, it just depends on how your organization is formatted, but all organizations typically have training dollars that are available. And depending on your relationship with your leadership, this could be a very worthy and qualifying program for you to participate in to help you develop an area that might either be an area that has been uh, brought up that you need to finesse, or if you had it on your uh, professional development plan uh, for the year and you need training around that, there may be dollars that you can secure from your company to pay for my services as well. And then another sign that a discovery call might help is you want to explore your opportunities or you want to explore your options and understand how to potentially address an issue or a problem that may be coming up for you. And then finally, it's also a good way to gauge what working with me would be like, right? The level of service that I would provide for you. So if any of those resonate, I want to encourage you again to go ahead and book some time on my calendar and we can talk about where you're at and where you want to be. Let me just leave with this. And um, if you have questions, you can go, go ahead and start dropping them in the chat because I'm going to circle around to that. But let me leave you with this nugget. Oftentimes, especially in a lot of our community, in a lot of how we were raised, we were raised to figure it out on our own. Um, we were raised to pursue and go after things um, on our own independently. And so we have created this whole notion that getting help somehow makes us weak. But what I want you to know is that getting help does not make you weak. It makes you wise. Um, weak is doing nothing when you feel the urge to do something. That is a sign of weakness. So if you're feeling the urge to take some sort of action and you refer, refuse to, you have given in to weakness instead of really stretched yourself to be wise. And so I want to make sure that you recognize that because sometimes we we can really set ourselves up foolishly and think I can figure it out on my own. And we learned last night. That's the biggest lie. That's the biggest lie we tell ourselves is that we'll figure it out on our own. And tonight, I just want to tell you what I believe the biggest mistake is. Um, so last night I talked about the biggest lie is that we believe we'll figure it out on our own. And tonight I want to share with you what I believe is the biggest mistake. The biggest mistake that we make is underestimating our value. What you bring to the workplace is extremely valuable. And when you secure the success that is available to you, it will supersede anything that I would charge you many times over because it's going to compound for you. And so I want to make sure that when you're making decisions about your future, when you're making decisions about moves you need to make, when you're making decisions about steps you want to take, that you do it with the future in mind. And you also do it with proper context of your value. 
You cannot afford to sit and do nothing when it comes to accelerating your success. And so I want to make sure that you don't make the biggest mistake and that you don't underestimate your value. And again, I'll leave you where I started. Resistance to change is certainly self-sabotage. You will self-sabotage if you refuse to make changes when everything within you says a change is necessary. All right, so let me ask, what questions do you have? I'm going to check the chat to see if there's any questions. I really, really, really appreciate uh, you guys joining me tonight, those of you who joined me on the webinar platform directly, or those of you who have been with me on the broadcast into the Facebook group, both are fine. You guys saw the exact same thing. Um, if you drop into the chat your question, then I will be able to give an answer. But I do want to encourage you to book a call with me. Um, I, I think that's the best next step you can take to honor your time um, that you've been devoting is to book a call, especially if you get the sense that there's something I've said that may help you. And you can access my calendar directly at www.callcallwith.com. W-I-T-H, Denise, D-E-N-I-S-E, callwithdenise.live. That will bring up my calendar. Um, once my calendar comes up for you, you'll be uh, presented with some dates and times based on my availability. And then you can secure a time that works for you. Once you lock in that time, I will give you a call at the time that you select it. We will have our conversation over the phone. I will take the time to understand what's going on. And I will also take the time to make a recommendation of what I think will be helpful for you. So I'm going to leave that up on the screen and I am going to check out um, the Facebook chat. And I mean, not the Facebook chat, but the chat to see if there is any. So insightful indeed. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad that you are um, absolutely getting something. It says, wow, this is good. I will need to evaluate where I stand with my promotable skills, my potential. How do I start that evaluation? And do you suggest another approach to that? So the best approach I can tell you is to start having some rich conversations around what's happening in the workplace. But before I would talk to anybody, I, like if, if you were my client, I would ask you a series of questions. I would want to know what's important to your manager. And you should know that if you are saying I don't know, then that's a problem. Like that, that's one of the reasons why we work on the skills of understanding what it takes to get promoted. And we work on the skills of reading the room because you should know what's important to your manager. If your manager values accuracy, then you should know that. If your manager values camaraderie, then you should know that. If your manager values you know, um, the fact that you are an independent worker and they they can count on you, you should know that. If your manager values going over ideas together um, and talking things through, like you should know that. You should know your manager 
like the back of your hand. You should know what they value and what's important to them. And I am going to go back to something I said last night, and I'll say it again, because with this context, I think you will understand it better. When a person likes the color yellow, every time they see it, it catches their attention. They can see a yellow car. They can see a yellow uh a shirt, they can see a yellow mug, they can see a yellow hat. When they love yellow, it catches their attention. So now back to what does your manager like? Because if he likes camaraderie, then that's what you need to make sure he sees in you. If he likes accuracy, then you need to make sure your stuff is on point and accurate and have conversations where he gets due to the fact that it is accurate. If he likes to mull over ideas with you, you need to make sure that you're willing to have those conversations. And so when you're trying to understand what's promotable, it is environment dependent. You've got to understand how to collect that intel. And that's one of the things that I do help clients do, because part of when I meet with my clients, I'm asking questions about what's happening in the workplace. I'm asking about the meeting dynamics that are taking place so that I can give you guidance on here's what you need to do. I'll give you an example. This is a perfect example. I had a client who booked a discovery call with me. I met with her on Sunday, right? I met with her on Sunday. And on Sunday, she literally articulated to me, I feel like my job's in jeopardy. I feel like um, all of these things that she was sensing that was going on. And as I continued to ask questions about what was taking place, one of the things that I found is she was not getting in alignment with her leadership, right? And so what I suggested is on Tuesday, I want you to set up a one-on-one -on -one call and I want you to go through these certain things. And I mean, literally, we're we're trading emails. Like she, she's telling me what he's sending. I'm telling her what to send back. When I work with my clients, I work that specific because I want to intentionally help you get the results you want. So on Tuesday, she sets up the meeting with her leadership and they work through something, right? She and I were scheduled to meet again on Thursday. When she met with the leader, she had prepared some documentation. She walked through the documentation with him. He called in somebody else to the phone call that she felt like she could not get alignment with. She brought that part. He brought that person onto the call with them. They all got aligned around this particular document that was going to be used to send out to their customers to highlight what performance had been. They send it out to the customer. They send it out to the regional manager. And it just becomes this thing that everyone is so excited about. They're excited about what was produced in that one hour session that I told her to schedule to get in alignment. By the time Thursday rolled around, that email that started in that meeting that I encouraged her to have to get in alignment around the work that was being done had been forwarded to everyone within their sales organization with notes that said this should become the standard by which we begin to create our documents going forward, right? Now, Sunday, I'm getting fired. 
I make the recommendation on here's what you need to do and here's the support that you need to ask for. By the time we got on the call on Thursday, it had reached the president of sales within her organization with him also saying this should be the standard for how we do things. That is what happens when you bring experience to the table to work and help you. When you're trying to figure it out on your own, you are spiraling because you are only accessing what's available to you from your experience. But having been a leader in an organization before, I knew exactly what guidance to give her so that she could secure and get the support that was necessary to make such a radical difference within just a matter of days. That's what experience, insight, and wisdom does for you. You don't get that when you're trying to figure it out alone. And so understanding how to shine a light on the promotable skills, it depends on your leader, because in that particular case, what mattered to him was alignment. What mattered to him was making sure he was looped in and that he could weigh in and give guidance for how to move forward. And in her mind, up until this point, she thought she needed to prove something to him. She thought she needed to impress him. But what he found impressive was aligning with him. And so that is why understanding your manager and understanding your environment and what is valued there makes a huge difference. So hopefully, hopefully that was helpful. The other question that's in here is, is the power dance essentially shining a light on a promoter's skills? The power dance is really where you gather your intelligence right? You gather the intelligence because if I ask you, if you're in a meeting and I ask you who the decision maker is, most people will point to the person with the highest title. And I will tell you, that's not always true. One of the things that happened to me in my career is when I went to work for the building materials company, I met with the CFO, I met with the CIO. I met with the CEO. I met with the entire C-suite because they were bringing me in to lead an entire initiative to create an e-commerce channel for them, both business and technology. I was responsible for both. So I'm thinking, make sure you get the C-suite aligned, right? And once I got that alignment in the interview process, I thought I was good, right? You you typically think the power rests with the people in the C-suite. Well, after I got to the company, I soon realized that each of the market managers that oversaw regions throughout the company had a higher and stronger say than the C-suite. Crazy to me, but it was something I learned. And so when you start talking about how to evaluate the power dance, it's more than what moves are being made. It's what intelligence can you gather and from, from what's happening in the workplace. Unfortunately, this is not something they teach you. This is something you have to begin to learn is how to interpret 
what's happening outside of just the work and what dynamics are taking place. You guys are asking some great questions. I appreciate you, but we are like well past the time. Hopefully this was insightful. I'm going to wrap it up on night number three, talking a little bit about making that power impact and what some of those intelligence grabbing skills are. Um, but I appreciate, I'm glad this was insightful. I'm glad it was helpful. And I welcome the opportunity to work more closely with you to help you get uh, more uh, intelligence and interpret it well within your work environment. Um, the registration is still open. Feel free to invite your friends. I'm only going to leave the replays up until um, probably the weekend. I'll take them down. Um, so make sure you take advantage of watching the replays as well. And I appreciate you. I'll see you tomorrow. Now, if you love this episode, you're going to want to access the free resource I curated just for you. The Power Leader Toolkit is absolutely free, and it includes three power Pack career transforming resources that will help you change the game and build the career that you want and deserve. It includes my powerful training, The Seven Habits of highly successful women. Now you can get your hands on this toolkit right now. And as I said, it's absolutely free. You can access it at www.powerleadertoolkit.live. Again, that's www.powerleadertoolkit.live. And of course, I'll be back next week with more Power Leader Strategies to help you transform your career. But until then, remember to always embrace your power and go.